Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we are in the old studio with new equipment. Oh yeah, like this is cool. This is fancy. I hope our voices sound so amazing right Chris, now. Clear, cutting through the air with we got another these C. New microphones. Oh man, just yeah. imagine how good it's gonna be sounding right now. It's gonna be it's so good. You're loving this, I'm sure. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so today what we're gonna talk about is spiritual foundations because I do premarital counseling with people all the time, and this is the very first session that we do in premarital. We talk about each person's individual relationship with God because individual relationships with God have massive implications on couples' relationships with each other. Yeah. So I think, honey, we've um, trained our daughter well because there was this time at the park, and you know, all fun things happen at the park, and a strange boy was hanging out with her and eventually um, asked her to marry him. He um, he said like without I, e- without uh, even getting my approval. Can you imagine well, that this six year old boy? Uh, shocking, Man. shocking. His boldness was very yeah upfront. Yeah, but anyways, Alyssa's response to it was awesome. She basically asked him what he believed about God. <laughs> so good. And so <laughs> later on, she's telling us how they had a whole discussion about the Trinity. Right. You got to start there. And she said, it is a mystery that there's three in one, but she was trying to, her best to explain it. And she thought his theology was a little off, yeah. I think. Yeah. I guess he didn't go to church. He didn't know much about Jesus. So she did take the t- opportunity to share the gospel with him, to tell him about church, to tell him that that was important to her and that she couldn't get married without these things in his life. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> we talked to her about needing to be equally yoked, mm-hmm. need- needing to find someone who's a Christian so that she is equally yoked uh, with someone if she indeed has a relationship with God. And uh, so we recognize, you know, there's probably people who listen to this uh, podcast who are dating or engaged, and this is the kind of stuff that we want to clarify in premarital counseling before you enter into a lifelong covenant of marriage. We also recognize there are people who are listening to this who are married and may or may not be equally yoked. But the point remains that each person's individual relationship with God has a massive bearing on your relationship within your marriage. So we want to talk about what it means to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And in order to have a relationship with God, you first need to form a relationship with God. And I think it's really important to draw a distinction here between what it looks like to maintain a relationship with God in an ongoing sense, yeah, and what it looks like to form a relationship with God, because the way you form a relationship with God is not the way you maintain one. Yeah, and this can be easily misunderstood. Right. This... I mean, <laughs> it's so easy to think that I form a relationship with God by doing all the things that a Christian does by way of maintaining. Yes. Uh, how many times I've heard someone say, well, I'm trying to read my Bible, and I'm trying to pray, and I'm trying to do all these things so that I can be right with God. And they have it all backwards. Those things come after the relationship is formed. And so many times that we're try, or I'm just trying to do better, I'm trying to put these things in, or they're listing off all these things that they do as a way to prove that they know God, and they've really got it 
backwards. There, it got a mis- big misunderstanding. Yeah, and so maybe before we talk about what it looks like to maintain a relationship with God in our marriage, let's just take a step back and say, have I even formed one with him to begin with? And how, how did I form a relationship with God? What is my story of how I entered into a relationship? The Bible makes it really clear how we can form a relationship with God. And it uses words like repentance and faith, confessing our sin, leaving our sin behind, putting our full and complete trust in Christ. That So in order to form a relationship with God, um, prayer, reading my Bible, spending time going to church, like the, these things are, are all good, but they are not the necessary components of entering into relationship. Yeah. We have to make sure we understand that distinction and we teach that distinction as well. Yeah. And so the Bible's answer to the question, how do I get right with God? How do I form a relationship with God? It's in trusting in the work that Jesus already did. It's mm-hmm. not me doing any work. It's not me accomplishing any tasks right. to get right with God. It's me putting my complete trust in something that Jesus already did, his perfect life, his death in my place. Yeah, and that separates this faith from so many other faiths where there's a list of things or some accomplishments on right. your own part that you have to do or enough good to outweigh the bad. I mean, this separates from all I need to do is trust that Jesus has already done the work, that he's the one that saved me from my sins, completely forgiven. I'm washed white as snow because of his work, not on the basis of anything I've done. Yeah, and you know the, some of the words you use there and the way you describe that faith demonstrate, I think, a right understanding of the biblical term faith. The term is very much an active thing having faith in something is not a passive mental activity. Right. It is a very active mental and, and whole heart activity. Putting right. my faith in someone is more than just agreeing with the facts in my mind. And so that's what the Bible means when it uses the word faith or believe in Christ. So we just want to take a couple minutes and share about how we did that um, and share our testimonies. So Bethany, why don't you go first? Okay, well, so I have a great, great family that I grew up in, and I grew up going to church, hearing the gospel, I grew up learning the Bible, and I grew up doing a lot of these things, singing on stage, going on missions trips, praying, um, reading the Bible, being just sort of an active part of the church. Um, But there were a lot of reasons I did those things that were not the right reasons, Mm. So basically, I have to say, I have to confess right here and now that they were for me. Mm. Like the the good things I did, I was one, trying to be good so that God would like all the good stuff about me. But two, I really wanted everyone to see me as good. I liked being the good kid. I liked being godly, quote unquote. I liked being on stage singing solos about God. Um, But what was going on in my heart was this was all for me. And this was all about me. It's mm-hmm. the Bethany show. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. And also in regards to sin, um, I had sin and I kept it pretty hidden. So I was sneaky with the, the sin struggles. But the, the, the real 
obvious thing that showed me I wasn't a Christian till later on, even though I had professed it when I was young, was that sin in my life was just, oh, it was like I felt bad about it. I felt guilty. And I was like, oh, bummer, I shouldn't do that. But I didn't repent. I didn't stop doing those things and turn to God and move forward in the direction to follow him and make him in charge of my life. Instead, it was like, I still want to be in charge. I still want to hold on to this sin and just feel bad about it and just try not to do it again. But there it was again and again and again. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't until I got to college my freshman year that um, I saw people with real faith and real belief, and they had been around me my whole life. But God opened my eyes to see that um, I cannot do a bunch of things (laughs) to win my favor with God. Mm -hmm. And no matter how good I felt like I was, no matter how many things on my checklist. And I had a spiritual checklist because I love checking the boxes. You do love checking the boxes. <laughs> like, you know, it'll list. Sometimes I'll add something that I've already done just so I can check it off. Absolutely. <laughs> so satisfying. And they're backwards checks, by I the know. way, because I'm left-handed. So, oh yeah, they're the best. It's an abomination. <laughs> you always get mad, but hey, just embrace the leftiness. No. <laughs> so anyways, I would, I would have, I had this spiritual checklist. I had this I've done these things and therefore I'm good. And when I got to college and I was surrounded by believers who had a relationship with God, who did those things out of the motivation of God's in control of their life and they want to live for him, they want to bring him glory. And I realized I I wasn't saved. And so it was there that I was really confronted with my sin and then saw that Jesus, his work was finished, his job of coming, living a perfect life, dying on the cross, rising again, that was enough to save me. And that because of my relationship with God now, I want to live for him. And so there was a huge change. Um, It was exciting to see, you know, Uh, just see the changes in my heart. A lot of the outward stuff remained the same Mm -hmm. because I was worshiping and going to church and serving and giving and praying and reading my Bible. So those things didn't necessarily change, but the motivation, the desire and the heart behind it, it it was a huge change. So cool. And I met you shortly after that and we started dating Mm -hmm. and then we got married and then we had four kids. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So my story, I grew up in a great family as well. My parents brought me to church every weekend. We were like the last people to leave. We oh, were always yes. talking to people on the patio. And and so they faithfully taught me the Bible. They shared the gospel with me. They brought me to church and um, were super faithful in that way. And so throughout my childhood, I made multiple professions of faith. And I made multiple prayers and appeals to the Lord to save me and forgive me and, um, you know, sincere desire to be with him in heaven when I died and a fear of hell and all those sorts of things. Uh, But in junior high, there was a definitive moment in my life when my sin caught up with me and I felt guilty. I felt overwhelmed and I felt the burden of my sin for the first time in that way. And I remember recognizing my guilt before a holy God. I remember feeling responsible for my sin Mm. and uh, acknowledging that and confessing my sin. And I had known the gospel. I'd heard it a thousand times. I'd probably share it. Yeah, I had shared it (laughs) with people prior to that point. 
And um, so I knew what it meant to, I knew what the gospel was, and I knew what it meant to respond to the gospel. But for the first time, I was in a position to really um, turn, recognize this sin, mm-hmm. recognize responsibility for it, confess it to the Lord, and put my trust in Christ. And uh, I believe that was the, the point in my life when there was the real transfer of forgiveness in, uh, in applying Christ's righteousness to my account. And because from that point on, through my junior high years and on uh, my life, there was a change. And similar with what you just said, you know, some of the activities by way of maintaining a relationship with God remain the same. I read my Bible, I prayed, Mm -hmm. I went to church, um, but I did those things now with a transformed heart and with a sincere faith. Shortly after that, well, a few years after that, I guess, I, you know, God put it on my heart to go to a Christian college and pursue full-time ministry, and uh, the rest is history. And there's some people who their their testimonies are similar, like the outward, the things that they were doing weren't changed that much, and others, they're going to have a huge change. You know, right. they're going from totally not even following God yep. or paying attention to Him, and yep. it's a huge shift. Right. But there does need to be a time when you recognize your sin and you turn to God and you put your trust in Him. Whether you've been doing the things for years or whether or not you've rejected Him and now are coming to that place. There is a day, there is a moment where God opens your eyes to see the truth. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, just to kind of wrap this up, as as you shared your story and I, I shared mine, there's a few warning flags along the way of, you know, thinking you're in a relationship with God because you're doing some of the things that it looks like to maintain a relationship with God, Yeah. but you were never in a position where you actually formed a relationship with God. And it's really that sort of distinction that's been on our hearts that led us to want to record this episode today, just because we we recognize that there are probably people, there are definitely people Mm -hmm. who are in marriages who... They're going to church, they're reading their Bibles, you know, they're they're doing the best they can to maintain a relationship with God, but they've never come to grips with their personal sin before him. They've never responded to the gospel, and they um, they have never, in that sense, formed a relationship with God. And once you've done that, now it's time now it's time to maintain, mm-hmm. right? And now yep. it's time to to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, as James says in chapter four. Yeah. But I think it's so wise for us to do what 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, which is examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. And I think by hearing testimonies like this, um, by hearing the gospel presented and asking God to show whether or not you have a relationship with him, I think that's a really good thing to do. Absolutely. And so by way of challenge, I guess... I would say to share your testimony with your spouse. And so take a moment to share your story of how you became a Christian with your spouse and let them share their story of how they became a Christian with you. And what a great thing to also share with your kids. Yeah, true. Ah, summer, you got the time, sit around, you can pass pass on your story to them too. They can hear it and ask you questions as they will all about it. Great. Well, we thanks. Th- we thanks. We thanks. <laughs> we thank you for joining in. 
Hope you're enjoying. And we'll talk to you next time. We see you later. We see you later. Out. <laughs> <laughs>